Here's what's coming up on today's show. First, they found two separate, and, and oh boy, I just, I'm already groaning uh, before I even say it, but two separate handwritten wills. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. This is Complete Estate Planning. I am Ben George with Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner of the Rosenbauer Law Office. And Nick, we had another celebrity death, not recent at all, but the fallout from it being that the estate, I guess, has kind of been up in the air a little bit. And then now a recent note was found in the couch. I mean, like almost like a uh, Hollywood movie script, just a little bit. We're talking about Aretha Franklin today. Yeah, exactly. And, and right. She, so she's been gone for, for a number of years now, but, uh, uh, but there's been, um, you know, again, hasn't really hit the news until recently, but there's been some controversy uh, regarding actually more than one uh, will that was found. Um, but it, it, you may have heard it's in the news recently. We're, uh, we're recording this here uh, at the end of July of 2023. And um, some some rulings. Actually, there was a uh, there was a jury uh, verdict that just came in within the last week. So oh, nice. uh, it is now it is now in the news uh, because it's been resolved. So unlike some of the other ones we were talking about earlier, uh, we do have I guess a closure on it. But uh, but but yeah, something that's been going going on for a while. And I think she passed. Yeah, she passed in 2018. Uh, but uh, certainly gives us a little bit of. Uh, uh, content, so we'll we'll take it. Yeah, we'll go through her. I guess her case, kind of the timeline, and and, and kind of where some of the the back and forth has been, and some of the legalities of uh, her estate. Because as you can imagine, the Queen of Soul, you would think would have a pretty nice estate. Uh, so with a lot of these celebrities, there's some pretty big assets that are getting passed on, which can make for a little more added tension. So we'll go through that today with Nick. Again, if you haven't joined us before, we're glad that you're here on the podcast. You can find everything online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can also schedule a call with Nick. There's a big button right there on the front. You can do that there. But if you want to call, if you have questions, and we hear from people all the time from the podcast, which we do appreciate, you can call 513-463-6789. How's everything else going for you, Nick? Uh, we're, we're doing good. I'm uh, I'm training my you know, I'm training my four-year-old to uh, uh, to be the biggest uh, golf fanatic uh, in the world, and and obviously, uh, I have to admit it is self-serving. Um, of course, you know, yes. Because uh, you know, unlike you know, when I go by my, because right now it's really tough to say to my wife, "Hey, honey, I'm going to go and spend all Saturday morning golfing." Uh, after a tough week and you just deal with both kids while I go have fun. See you later. So what I've been, the work I've been putting in, I want both the kids to golf and to ski. So that way stuff that I want to do that Alicia does not like to do. uh, Well, she likes to golf, uh, but she doesn't like skiing because it's cold. Um, But if I can say, Hey, I'm going to take the kids for the morning and let you have a relaxing time to yourself. You know, then hopefully I get thanked uh, for for going golfing. Um, but uh, yeah, Adam, my four year old, he's great. He will come with me. We have to we have to ride. He will not walk, but he yeah. wants to drive in the golf cart, and you know he wants to quote unquote 
drive it and kind of sit on my lap. Um, but he has a, a couple like kitty clubs and he loves hitting, he loves hitting the balls. Uh, and then, you know, he obviously plays like hockey, you know, putting uh, on the green when <laughs> yeah. we get there and he's super well behaved. He does great. Like he hits off the tee, he hits, uh, he hits, uh, out of the grass and then he behaves. Uh, he gives me, he dogs me a little bit if I don't get my approach shot on the green because I'm holding <laughs> up him putting. Yeah. So he, you know, and he like, he tries to give me advice. He's like, he's like, daddy, you didn't hit it right. I'm like, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, but, but that is going well. And then best $17 I ever spent. He's like in the backyard, he'll like tear the yard up. Um, just like hitting a bunch of, we get the little foam practice balls and we got this little turf mat, just a couple feet by a couple feet. And we set that down and he thinks it's like, we got a driving range at home. So oh, nice. every single day since we got it, when I get home, he wants to go outside back and play golf. So it's, it's awesome. And I'm having fun. He's having fun and he wants to be outside. So I'm not going to argue with him. So I just I just need to leverage this into, you know, convincing the wife that we need, you know, like a, a full hitting net and what I really want, and I'll bet these are crazy expensive. You ever seen people who have like a putting green in mm -hmm. their own backyard? Yeah. Like just a turf one. I don't want I understand with the grass it's crazy maintenance. I don't want to go anywhere near that. But if I could get like a turf putting green in the backyard That'd and like nice. a and like and like a hitting net. Like how cool would that be? Mm -hmm. It'd be for the kids, right? It's not. <laughs> it's not selfish, Nick, wanting like a little driving yeah. range in his own backyard. It's, Absolutely not. It's all for the kids. I just, I love my kids. Um, I would do anything for them, including <laughs> getting a putting green uh, in the backyard. But, uh, and you know what the weird thing has been? Like I haven't given them any lessons, and I talked to you know people in the golf shop or whatever, and they said at age four all the mechanics and things like that it's a lot and they're not going to get a whole lot of mm -hmm. instruction and then also like what four-year-old needs that like they're just having fun right but he's got a good swing um like he turns his waist and then you know he finishes looking straight forward and he's got his back leg you know kind of kicked up and like i didn't teach him any of that you got a natural um, on your hands. I guess. Like. Or he just watches. The funny thing is, like, whenever I'm standing over the ball, like, if I have to, like, you know, shake my shoulders or if, like, there's <laughs> a fly on my neck and I kind of yeah. flick it off, then he'll go up for no reason and he'll do all the same <laughs> shimmies like before uh, before awesome. he hits the ball um and it's really funny i mean he's just being a parrot and kind of yeah. imitating everything his swing probably looks better than mine but nice. uh but yeah no greatest 17 dollars ever spent and you can get the little foam balls that don't go that far mm -hmm. so they're safe to hit uh in the backyard and they won't like kill your neighbor's dog either so i love it absolutely yeah smartest play i ever made i i recommend you doing the same and then you know you're just doing it for the kids and then you get a putting green for the kids yeah just just selfless that's all that is <laughs> well i uh, i hope that your saturdays are soon filled with having to take your kids to the golf course oh like, darn uh, hopefully that's, <laughs> that happens in the future well i love to hear it as always glad to get updates from you and the family and always love hearing what's happening with them uh, but I want to jump into our conversation today on Aretha yep. Franklin mm -hmm. and talk a little bit about her estate because 
She's been in the news a little bit recently because of a another uh, handwritten note that was found oh, after boy. she passed away. So let's just kind of jump into the timeline here, Nick, and kind of walk through it. So, so she died in 2018. Okay, so for all of you listening to this with eyebrows raised, like, why the heck are we talking about her now? Yeah, she died in 2018. And then at the time, you know, they it's funny, they initially valued her total estate at a little over $4 million, which, you know, includes everything attributable to her. And it's funny because they originally listed the value of her intellectual property, you know, and her work and her music library at a dollar. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, which obviously didn't fly. Um, so I think, I, I think, you know, with, especially with the IRS, I think they've paid over like $8 million. Uh, I read, you know, for taxes and, and penalties to the IRS, uh, since she's passed away. Um, so obviously, you know, her, her library was, I, I would buy all her copyright for a dollar right now. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, I, I, I'd give 10 to one, I'd give her 10 bucks for it right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and so like when she passed away, like Aretha had a family attorney and like other family members, like they all originally were saying that she didn't have a will because the attorney didn't do it. No one had any record of one, uh, being prepared for her. So originally the thought was that it would be an intestate estate. And, and obviously it's been a while since we mentioned that term, but intestate just means someone died, you know, without a will. Yeah. And then, you know, later, or actually I think it was I think it was beginning of next year, they do the full thorough, you know, kind of search and, and dig through her house and estate. And at first they found two separate and, and oh boy, I just I'm already groaning hmm. uh, before I even say it, but two separate handwritten wills uh, were found uh, at her place uh, in a locked cabinet after she passed away. Uh, two of them. Both were signed in 2010. They were signed and they were notarized. So I guess kind of went through the formalities, even though they were handwritten. And they named one of the kids and one of the nieces to be co-executors. And interestingly enough, for two of the other kids, the will, you know, it basically said it was going to share the, you know, the income and, and kind of the the remaining you know, I guess the ongoing royalties, if you will, from all her copyright mm -hmm. uh, were supposed to be split among the four kids. Uh, she had four sons, but it had conditions for two of the kids, like that they can't receive any money unless they take business classes and get a certificate, you know, a certification or a degree uh, before they can get money. And again, handwritten, you know, so I'm sure the language was really fuzzy. Um, but that's what it said. Hmm. Then the juicy one, uh, a family member finds a third document, uh, which was dated in 2014. So four years later. And if we're talking validly executed wills, just so those of you trying to keep it straight, the most recent will uh, governs. Okay. So automatically creating a will automatically you know, supersedes the old one. So if this, you know, whatever the most recent one is, will count and will govern. And this one's also handwritten. It's not notarized. It was found inside of like a spiral bound notebook, you know, under the cushions of a couch in the living room. Like, 
just, I mean, you could not imagine this is like a murder mystery novel, uh, <laughs> in, you know, that writes itself. Wasn't notarized. And I know a couple of the family members or the attorneys were saying that this is only a draft and it was signed, you know, but not notarized in the notebook and the newer will. So kind of what's at stake here. Okay. Removed the kid, uh, Ted White, uh, the second, as one of the co-executors and named one of the other kids as a co-executor. So swapped out one kid for the other. Also, it didn't have any of the, I guess, conditions uh, for the kids that the other one did about, like they have to go to business school and get a degree before they can get money. Um, So none of that was in there. So that basically removed all of it. And it also gave one of the children and uh, it gave the grandkids and one of the children like a, like a specific thing of her main house. So they were going to get extra money. Um, and, and at the time, I think it was worth like a little over a million dollars. Now, that was obviously a few years ago with real estate prices. It's worth way more. So a lot more money at stake. And also, it took out the conditions for two of the kids on, hey, you have to go to school and get a degree, you know, and take business classes before you can get any money. So that's gone. The executors changed. And then one of the kids and the grandkids, you know, were supposed to split a, you know, an additional gift of the house, which is in the millions. Okay. So a lot is at stake. And of course, they're fighting over whether or not the 2014 will is legit or not. Okay, that's, you know, obviously, if it's legit, the 2014 will counts, the old ones are out. If the 2014 will, even though it was done more recently, is considered invalid, then it would revert back to the the next most recent one uh, that was valid. Okay, so that's pretty much what they're fighting over. And all of them were difficult to read, you know, kind of tough to decipher, uh, heck, and Ben, for all my clients know my handwriting's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a picture, like on one of the news sites, had a picture of one of them. Yeah. Man, my handwriting's better than hers, you know, at least on those. Like, I'm looking at it, and I'm really good at reading crummy handwriting, and I looked at it and said, I don't know. Okay, yeah. so, you know, so that's legitimate. It's not one of those things where they say, oh, it's hard to understand, and they're just, you know, making up some kind of bogus claim. That's legit. And then, you know, so back in 2019, after all these are found, a um, guy named David Bennett, who was Aretha's attorney for like over 40 years and originally came out and said, never did a will, uh, he filed him in court. Uh, and at the time, like I went back and looked at like an old quote from him, he said he was not sure whether or not the most recent one would be valid under under Michigan law. Hmm. Okay, so this was totally a toss-up, and I'll bet that 2014 couch will, I'll bet that was sketchy looking. Yeah. So obviously the sons end up fighting against each other, you know, over this. And, you know, the, the two sons who, you know, originally were... I guess, restricted, like in the old wills, of course, they were saying where, where they couldn't get the money unless they were going to school. They were the ones, of course, saying the new will is valid. And of course, the other one 
you know, is saying, nope, the new one's not legit, you know, revert yeah. back to the old will. And then also, you know, so eventually they have a trial. Uh, they go to trial, and then this is what happened recently. And I think the verdict actually came in this week uh, or last week. It's within the last week or two. And the jury determined that the most recent will, uh, the 2014 will, they have determined that it is valid. Okay, mm. so this is, the, this is the new breaking information. The 2014 will is going to, you know, that's the one that's going to be upheld, which automatically uh, revokes the previous two wills. So the, the most recent, the couch will uh, is going to stand. That, that's basically where we're at. It's, how often do trials happen like that? Is it, I mean, oh is, is it not just a judge's decision? I mean, uh, what, what are they actually, I guess, debating and what, what, what information and evidence and whatever else are they presenting to the jury? Well, so, so here's the thing. Usually they settle. Okay. You know, just like any any type of trial, usually this gets settled after a little bit of posturing on both sides, right? So what ended up, and here's the thing, there are some rules for handwritten wills known as a holographic will on whether or not a handwritten will can be considered valid. And every state's different on that, and obviously it's sketchy, and I do not recommend it. Um, but from what I've read, a lot of the information in Michigan has to go with the what's known as the testator's intent. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're basically trying to figure out, did Aretha intend for this document to be her will, and did she intend for these instructions to dictate what happened with her money? Hmm. Okay, and obviously... Who the heck knows, right? We can't ask her. Right. Right? <laughs> Let's yep. just call it what it is. So, you know, they're looking at all of this, and of course the argument is she did want this to be her will. This was her wish. And the other side saying, well, no, this was just a draft because the other one was locked in the cabinet and notarized. So that's how she treated the final document. Mm -hmm. Um, so this one, you know, she was working on it, but, you know, she never went through the formalities. Um, so she did not act as if this was the final document. Okay. Total gray area. Yeah. Um, so, so that's where it, uh, that's where it ended up and that's what ended up uh, happening. So you hear the stories about, oh, someone wrote a will on a napkin yeah, that's a thing. Um, it's not a good thing, and I would never recommend that anyone do it. Uh, and by the way, because uh, I know we have listeners all across the country, every state has their own rules for what uh, constitutes a valid you know, handwritten or holographic will. Some states allow it, some don't. And then the rules on what to consider valid versus not vary you know, very greatly. So legal advice, don't do it. Get it done right. At least type the darn thing, uh, for, you know, for goodness sake. Um, because these are kind of backups, and it basically turns into a free-for-all. Uh, and a lot of these things you can't prove. Mm -hmm. Because obviously you can't ask her, hey, was this really the one you wanted to be your will, or were you just drafting things out but never finalized it? Okay, so again... 
you know, it's going to work out, I guess, if if you're of the camp that the 2014 document is what she wanted it to be. Uh, but, man, not the right way to go about it, and it was risky, and there was a good chance that her wishes were not honored, or you know, who knows what her wishes were. Um, so, so, and also caused everyone to fight, drug through court, and she passed away in 2018, and it's July of 2023. Okay, you think probate court's bad? Try doing it when everyone's fighting over something, and we don't know if the will is legit. Okay, so yeah. so that's there, and these legendary stories are true, you know. But at the same time, this should not be something to encourage you to say, "Well." Yeah, I'll just type it and put it in a spiral-bound notebook and, and hide it under the couch cushion. And here's another thing, Ben. What if they never found it? Yeah. Right? Very much could have been the case, yeah. <laughs> um, they found it months later, and it was in a notebook. Who the heck knows? Like, I don't know if I would have combed through every page of a notebook necessarily, unless no. I was looking for something. Yeah, it just makes me wonder, what if you ever came across something like that in a state cell? Like... Not necessarily yeah. a celebrities, but what if you just came across a notebook and you found something like this just from a regular person that had passed away, but you found something like that? I mean, well, I guess an honest question, like what would you encourage someone to do if that if that happened? Well, so if you're on like, um, you know, if you're on one of those, you know, situations and you see something, you know, I might call the family or the person who did it or the auctioneer or whomever and say, I found this. Someone probably wants it back, and then from there it's on you, you know, what you do with it. But I, you know, if it's a will, and it could be considered a will, especially kind of listening to what we're talking about today, yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to hide it. I wouldn't want to be caught hiding it, that's for darn sure. Really, could you be be, uh, held accountable Uh, for that? Maybe. Not worth trying to find out. Yeah, well, we never had a law school exam question. <laughs> what do you do if you find a notebook scribbling in a couch cushion that you bought from an estate sale? <laughs> um, that was never on my wills and trusts uh, final exam. But uh, I wouldn't want to be the one hiding the evidence. Let's just say that. I would pass it on. Here's the family. You might want to be aware of this. Now, if it's a celebrity, you know, Maybe there's some famousness to it. Yeah, you could see if they can give you a couple autographs, you know, or maybe uh, like a, a, a memento, like a guitar pick, you know, from a famous concert or something. Yeah. It's like the guys who catch the home run balls, right? Yeah. You know, they, they get some memorabilia out of it or a couple signed autographs. I definitely do that. Is it technically um, your property, though, if, you, if it was inside of a, uh, let's say, a dresser that had a few things in it and you bought the dresser. Is it technically your property then? Or does that always remain their property because it's uh, some kind of legal document? I don't want to get too far in the weeds here. <laughs> I just, yeah, just no, that's about a good question. That, that. That's a good question. I mean, the notebook, I guess, theoretically would be yours, um, but I would not want to hold someone's will right. hostage because yeah. that has to go to, because that would have to be figured out in probate court. Yeah. So now again, it's like the home run ball. Get the autographs, you know, get the memorabilia, 
absolutely you know 100 percent. i'd try to get a guitar or something like that <laughs> um you know and then but uh, yeah here's the thing if you if you come up with something like that call me and then we'll look at it and we'll have some fun maybe we'll both get a guitar out of it i love it i love it but i think the <laughs> the, the main thing here is you know uh, beyond the story is you, you know you want to make sure everything's buttoned up you don't want to have your four sons fighting over your will, what they get, what was supposed, to, what your intentions were truly going to be, and and arguing through this and dealing with all the headache of of a trial and hassle of, of uh, going through court. So, again, have your documents in order. Make sure you go through the proper channels. Make sure you have it buttoned up and make sure it's accounted for. Right. So, again, if you want to get in touch with Nick, encourage you to do so. If you have questions or if you find uh, a notebook in an estate sale and want to run it by him and see what he thinks, you can always do so at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can schedule a call with Nick right there. Just hit the big orange button on the website. Boom, you can get on his calendar, talk with him there, but you can call the office directly as well at 513-463-6789. Well, fun conversation, Nick. Interesting to kind of go through this. I'm glad there's a little bit of closure for the family, I guess, at this point, which is always what you hope for. Well, uh, maybe. I mean, who who knows if that's really what Aretha wanted. Right. We'll never know. Um, all we know is that it seems to be the most compelling case at least they have closure on they know who's getting what but if i was on the wrong side of this i'd probably always wonder was that really the way this was supposed to go mm-hmm. so um it's closure as far as who gets what but uh yeah if you hate your kids here's that's exactly what you need to do but if you, if you care about your family this is textbook example number one of what not to do yeah Well, very good. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Complete Estate Planning. For Nick Rosenbauer over at the Rosenbauer Law Office, I am Ben George. Have a good week. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.